Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. It is Friday. My job is to warn you of what may come our way and give you the odds. Uh, I will tell you the odds of really tough times coming your way are uh, not in your favor. Uh, the The idea that there's going to be shortages, massive shortages, uh, is a reality. It is happening. If China falls, collapses uh, under its own economic uh, trouble, then it's going to be much, much worse. There is a chance that we have real shortages, unlike anything America has seen since the Great Depression on the horizon. Are you prepared? Well, as I start to do my homework to find out how bad this thing uh, is going to be, I need to talk to people who are trade experts who understand the supply chain crisis. Next week, I have the COO or the CEO of uh, of Toyota North America and the pre- former president of Toyota Global. He's going to be joining me for about an hour just to tra- talk about what the how, how do we restart this system and what it really means to you. But I wanted to talk to Peter Navarro because he was right on a on a few things. He was the guy who was saying, you know, we got to get out of China. We've got, we got to put sanctions on China, which I am not a, a trade barrier guy, but I agreed on that one. Uh, we have to shut down the airport. You know, anyone flying in from China, that was him. And he was also the guy who said, we got to fire Fauci. We're going to talk to him in 60 seconds. Oh, my gosh. The Back Program. It's Halloween. <laughs> Does anybody have the stupidity to do this three hours in a row? It's Halloween weekend. And as you gaze out the window in terror, you see the white figure approaching you in the lawn, arms outstretched, a faint moan escaping it as it looms closer and closer. Then it trips falls to the ground, slowly gets back up, and then trips again and slowly gets back up, which is kind of, I mean, less scary than it is kind of funny, but still scary. It spots you, raises its arms again and says, I'm Joe Biden. Oh my gosh. You think, this is the guy in charge of our economy right now. (laughs) 
I couldn't think of anything more frightening than that, honestly. But uh, now maybe is a good time to make sure that your financial house is in order. And I can think of no better place to start than by giving uh, the mortgage consultants over at American Financing a call right now. They're salary based, so they're not in it for the bank. They're in it for you. And they're going to go over your finances with you to see if and where you can save money. Maybe it's a refi of your mortgage. Maybe it's a consolidation loan. But whatever it is, if they can save you money, they will. There's no obligation, no hidden fees or anything else. Just call them and shoot straight with them because they'll shoot straight with you. I mean, I have done things with American Financing. They have said to me, they said to Stu a couple of times, uh, can't, I can't beat that loan. You should go someplace else uh, and you can probably get it over here, but we can't offer that. Uh, and so they shoot straight with you. It's American Financing, 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Former assistant to President Trump, former White House trade advisor, and author of a new book called In Trump Time, Peter Navarro. Welcome to the program, Peter. How are you, sir? Couldn't be more delighted to be with you uh, uh, today to talk about in Trump time and this uh, crumbling supply chain we're facing. You, you know that uh, the whole ethos of the Trump administration was buy American, yep. hire American. Mm-hmm. And if you have your factories here, it's just uh, an axiomatic that you'll have your supply chains here. If you offshore your factories, the supply chains go with them. So at least... A good part of the problem we're facing now is the power of corporate America to send our jobs offshore, chasing that uh, that sweatshop labor. And yeah, they always tell us that it's it's a, what we call in economics a black swan event, you know, low tail risk. Uh-huh. But somehow those supply chains will be disrupted. Uh, but but boy, that tail risk is looking like a big tail right now. And, you know, Peter, uh, I tell you, it is it is. We didn't learn anything. I mean, one of the things that I think shocked America when we shut down for the first fifteen days was, uh, wait a minute, what do you mean we don't make any of our own medicine? We get it all from China or ninety plus percent from China? That seems crazy. We're not talking about bringing any of the essential stuff back here to America. We're building back better, which is a total great reset scam. But we're not we're not doing the common sense things that everyone knows we should do. Well, a tale of two uh, packages, right? When when I was in the administration, we were uh, document this in detail in the in Trump time book. We, we were trying to, to pass a, a, a trillion dollar, two trillion dollar package. Um, but but the, the primary focus on it, besides providing some short term aid to people who really needed it, was bringing our factories on shore, our essential medicines. Um, and if you contrast that, like what's in that two trillion dollar package, with what the Democrats are trying to pass now, it's it's what we call a math an empty set, right? The, 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 what the Democrats want to do is just spend a bunch of money with no strategic purpose whatsoever, with no thought of solving our supply chain crisis, and you know you don't know what you got till it's gone. I think to myself, yeah, what is it? What is it, folks who voted against Trump? Do you, what, what didn't you like? Was it the strong economic growth, the rising real wages for blue collar Americans, North Korea keeping their missiles on the ground, uh, Iran at peace, uh, <clears throat> cracking down on communist China, securing our southern border? 
or or was it those those tweets that really kind of annoyed you? You know, and now you right. got like you went from the best president ever to the worst. But but yeah, I I would be risk. You mentioned Fauci uh, in, in part of your intro. I mean, in chapter two of the In Trump Time book, I have my first meeting with him, and yes, it was over that um, China travel ban. And if you remember. Um, January 28, 2020, this was like the dawn of the pandemic. There were really only three people in the White House who was taking the virus seriously. It was President, me, and, and O'Brien, the National Security Advisor, right? And the boss sends me to the sit room to argue the ta- lobby the task force on behalf of the ban. And I go in there, and it's like there's nothing but but bogeys in there. Like Mulvaney's at the end of the table, acting chief of staff. He's against it. I got Pompeo's hack, my left shoulder. He's against it. Uh, Orville Redenbacher, doppelganger, but <laughs> the bumbling Robert Redfield at the CDC and Azar sitting next to him. But there's this little guy, little guy, Glenn. He's sitting across there with these little round glass, didn't know him from Adam, didn't know he walked on water, didn't know he was a saint, didn't know he was a media darling. Didn't know that he was the highest paid government official in all of America? No friggin' I. He was just a guy sitting across from me at high noon, which would have some symbolism, right? And two minutes in, it's all in the Trump time book, it's all documented. Um, I'm in a violent shouting match with this guy, and all he could keep saying over and over again is that that travel bans don't work. And I go, dude, I actually said, dude, do him. I said, dude, it's like, you mean to tell me it's like 20,000 Chinese nationals coming in. A lot of them from Wuhan are likely lit up like a Christmas tree with virus coming into LAX and O'Hare and Kennedy. Are you telling me that we're better off, you know, come on down? And he just he held that position that, you know, that I, I beat him that day because the boss two days later would, would do the travel. Ad. But here's here's what was really important about that day. It wasn't just that he was so wrong about the virus right then. We find out later on that he got an email that day from a Scripps Institute scientist mm-hmm. who told him flat out this virus likely came from a lab and was genetically engineered as a weapon. Okay, so think about this now. Fauci on that day, early on, January 28, 2020, knew the following, that the virus came from Wuhan, that it surfaced within yards of that lab. That's two things. Number three, Fauci knew that he funded that lab. And number four, he knew that he authorized the gain-of-function experiments that can turn harmless bat viruses into human killers. That was a lie of omission, because you can't tell me that the, well, the two of us sitting there, I was the only one who knew that Ling was from the lab in Wuhan, me the, me, me the economist, right? Come on. Fauci knew, and I'm telling you, Glenn, if he had simply yes. told us that day. I know. Come clean that day. Millions of people would be alive today because we would have had a completely different strategy. Oh, and by the way, the boss would be sitting in the White House for a second term. Uh, I have so to that guy, that guy is evil. Go ahead. Peter, I have to tell you, uh, you're going to love the special I'm doing in two weeks on this because we have all the goods uh, on him on this particular topic. Uh, and it goes yeah. a, it goes a lot deeper. And uh, I said to my staff when we first were going through all the evidence, I said, if America would have forgiven him, if he would have just come clean and said, OK, guys, this is what happened, yada, yada. But he chose to stay silent. And Peter, you might know the answer to this question. I haven't found it yet. 
how much did he did he tell any of the um, engineers, the bioengineers that were working on the vaccine? Did he hold any information back because it would have incriminated him? Did he hold anything back? Did, yeah. What did he tell yeah, people? He, 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 it was worse than that. He told us nothing, nothing. But more importantly, Glenn, more importantly, he organized an elaborate cover up through this uh, cutout named Peter Daszak, who I'm sure you'll feature in the special. Daszak oh, is yeah. important because he's a guy at this organization called the Eco Health Alliance, yep. right? So he was a conduit for money that would go to him as grants and then would go over to the Wuhan lab and wash through this uh, bat lady, Xi Zhengli. Now, what Fauci did following that notification from that script scientist on the 28th was he used that scientist and Daszak and others to basically write letters in support of just the opposite, that this thing came from nature. Yeah. It was a flat-out cover-up lie. So when you, that's why I say, Glenn, I could have saved millions of lives if, if he had simply come clean okay, that so day. This guy is a sociopath and a narcissist. And by the way, in the In Trump Time book, that's not the only thing I fought him on. I fought him on hydroxychloroquine as a therapeutic. That stuff works. He tried, you know, the vaccine, uh, delay the vaccine until after the election. So Trump couldn't couldn't uh, take a win. And there's even more than that. This man, I'm so glad you're doing a special. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? I I tell you, one of our one of our one of our producers will probably be be in touch um, with you about this. Uh, We should probably include you in this. If Fauci is such a bad guy, which I I believe I've seen the documents that we will be showing on the air soon. You. You were there. If he was so bad, why didn't Trump fire him? Uh, well, I don't know if you've seen the cover. Have you seen the cover of the book? It's, it, it's like me sitting, uh, standing, across the boss you know, from the Oval Office, pointing at him in kind of a very serious conversation. And it may or may not be me telling him to fire Fauci. <laughs> because I told him twice. Early on, as, 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 as Churchill once said to Hitler, strangle that baby in the crib, fire him, get him, the, get, get him the hell out of the White House. I don't blame the boss for not taking my advice. I, you know, I'm like the economics and trade guy. What the hell do I know? It's like, like Azar saying Keith Fauci, uh, Redfield saying it, Stephen Hahn at the FDA saying it, you know, all the healthcare bureaucracy saying, oh, this guy walks on water. But more importantly, a uh, little breaking news here, it's like it was also Mulvaney, the chief of staff, and the press team who were afraid that somehow if you fired him, it would have too much blowback. And that was such... I mean, that's, that's like, it's like a one day story. If you'd gotten rid of them, yeah. just get them now. Just go, you know, like you're, you're not part of this. Well, sit over at the NIH, do not go on TV, shut your pie hole. Yeah. I will that's tell what, you, it would have been, it would have been bad blowback, but it, it, uh, it would be understood now. Um, and, uh, because now when this, when this all really comes out, uh, it is people are going to know what really happened and how villainous uh, Fauci really is. More with Peter Navarro here in just a second. Oh, my gosh. It's Halloween. You can't take it, can you, Stu? You just can't take it. Uh, uh, back with Peter Navarro in a second. You knew. You knew. 
you'd probably gotten the wrong real estate agent when you saw all the balloons in the front of the house. There must have been a million of them on the lawn in the doorway. Some of them even coming out the windows. This, this was the real estate agent's idea of getting prospective home buyers interested in your house. But as you started to walk towards your front door, all of a sudden you felt something cold, something strange. Where was that real estate agent, by the way? Then, from somewhere inside the house, you could hear him calling your name. Come in. Come in and float with us. We all float in here. <laughs> okay, let's say, I mean, I doubt you're going to hire Pennywise, uh, you know, a homicidal clown from another dimension to be your real estate agent, but it could happen. That's why you need realestateagentsitrust.com. The name says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Find the best real estate agent for your situation. It's a free service to you from my company, realestateagentsitrust.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Peter Navarro, uh, his uh, book is in Trump time, a journal of America's plague year. So, Peter, you know, we all knew when uh, this thing started to drag on. I mean, uh, you know, 15 days to, sl- to slow the curve. Yeah. You know, OK, fine. Even 30 days, maybe. Uh, but once you started getting into three, four months and now, you knew that you had to have known the supply chain is not you can't start it again how much trouble are we in at this point uh we're in the worst trouble i've ever seen as a macroeconomist and just so your listeners understand it's like before i joined with with president trump as his economic advisor what i did was macroeconomic forecasting i predicted the the stock market collapse in 2007 the housing bubble collapse in 2006 uh and by the way dow 25,000 the day after trump got elected when the futures were heading dead red down i'm not half bad at forecasting um this is a very serious matter and in in the in trump time book i describe how in may of 2020 think about this in May of 2020, I wrote a memo to the chief of staff uh, talking about how um, the supply chains uh, were going to be threatened by this and we could face a stagflationary scenario, which is mm-hmm. something which we hadn't suffered since the 1970s. It's a combination uh, of slow growth, recession, and inflation. Usually you don't right. get those two at the same time right um here here's the thing there's a it's a, a lot of complex things going on but the one what the tipping point for this crisis um is is the uh, biden universal vaccination policy and, yes. and regardless of whether you think that's a good thing uh, from a healthcare point of view which i don't and i'm one of the guys who helped kind of get the vaccine started i'm not anti-vax it, the, the vax is for people who need it you know seniors people with the comorbidities you don't have fauci going in and jab six-year-olds okay but but put that aside you know from a purely economic point of view let's think about this if you are basically forcing people to lose their jobs uh if, if because they don't want to get vaccinated many of them because they already had the virus and have antibodies you're going to lose longshoremen you're going to lose truckers and then on top of that you're going to lose your your police your fire your seals your soldiers 
um, just all sorts of people across the labor market in a, in, a, in a labor market which is already severely constrained. So if you just take the trucking thing, for example, the, the, the VAX policy plus Biden's uh, demolition of the Trump policy of strategic energy dominance, you know, where we now have, you know, where Pennsylvania is like the Saudi Arabia natural gas and natural gas prices are going through the roof. Gasoline prices are going up even higher. I mean, why would a trucker get in the truck knowing that by the end of the journey, they might get, get hassled because of their VAC status and won't make a dime because fuel prices outpaced uh, yep. the rates that are set for freight. Okay, so these are very complex things. And, and now on top of that, because people are, are rightly concerned about shortages, uh, there's hoarding going on. So, I mean, it's going to be a lean Thanksgiving. It's going to be a lean Christmas. Um, you know, we, this week we had uh, really low GDP numbers, which point to the stag part of the equation, and we're already like flying. So um, buy American, hire American. That's where it's got to start. And that was my mission at the White House with the president. Peter Navarro, uh, I have so much so much more to talk to you about. I'd love to have you back on uh, radio in the, in, in the next couple of weeks. Talk more about your book, but also uh, what's happening in China and the trade with China and their economy um, and what's happening there. Well, well let's do it. Uh, let's do it just before your uh, your Fauci thing comes out. And, uh, okay, we'll good. Talk about that. The book's coming out on Tuesday. Please, if you can, get it on Amazon now. Get that up there in the ranking. So. You know how it is, Clay. We yep. have to compete against the corporate media and they try to suppress our sales. It's you know In Trump Time. In Trump Time is the name of the book. In Trump Time, Peter Navarro. Back in just a second. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I know what you're thinking. Old Glenn's going to beat that same Halloween horse to death with the Car Shield commercial. Oh, he's going to talk about how you're trying to drive away from the axe-wielding maniac and the hook of his hand on your car door. Your car won't start because you didn't, got, you didn't get Car Shield, blah, blah, blah. But no. First of all, we established that the axe-wheeling maniac is a cyber criminal now. We did that in hour one. Second, I'm talking about something much, much worse. Without Car Shield, you're going to pay thousands for your car repair. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> For a covered repair, CarShield can't be beaten. From the time your car breaks down until the time you get it back, CarShield takes care of every step along the way. Roadside assistance, rental car, mechanic of your choice, and the best part, they pay everything directly. You don't have to do anything. CarShield is a win-win. Get back on track when you're in a pinch, not on the hook to pay thousands. Get coverage today. CarShield.com slash Beck. Save 10%. CarShield.com slash Beck. And don't forget to subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn for 10 bucks off. Dave Rubin is coming up.
spooky, isn't it? It is a spooky, spooky weekend. It's Halloween weekend. Yes. And so I thought we would get Dave Rubin on. Dave Rubin, gay man, gay journalist. Yeah. As Phil Henry used to say. Uh... Dave is the author of Don't Burn This Country, uh, which is a a new book that is uh, coming out April 22nd. So hurry to your bookstore. Uh, Dave Rubin, how are you, sir? Glenn, was that your Transylvanian accent or just straight up Russian? It It was was, really right on the edge of both. Yeah, well, I started out uh, with uh, Transylvanian (laughs) and then went to full-fledged Russian, yes. Yes, Uh, I thought you were going to offer me borscht. (laughs) So uh, I heard a story about you today, and this is so telling, so telling oh, Lord. Um, yeah. uh, about how journalism is done and how these activists are running everything now. Tell the tell the audience the story of an interview that you just did. Yeah, so it's such a perfect example, as you said, of everything going wrong with society right now. So, uh, look, I happen to be gay. I think it's probably whoa, whoa, the least whoa. interesting. Well, wait a minute. Nobody told me that. <laughs> I don't want to freak you out. Glenn. We work together and you're gay. My eyes know, are up here, says, Dave. My eyes are up here. I, I thought you were supposed to be this big homophobe. <laughs> it turns out you're not. It's all very weird. Wow. Um, so... <laughs> But yes, I, I happen to be gay. It's, it's not, I don't think it's a big deal. I, I really never thought it was a big deal. Um, it's a piece of me. That's it. It, it. You know, okay, there we yeah. go. Now, there are, there are a bunch of gay magazines, you know, Out Magazine, Advocate, things like this. And, and over the years, I've been asked every now and again to do some sort of gay press. And I just, you know, I don't really think that separate but equal is a good thing. I don't think gay people need their own magazines, believe it or not. I don't think they need their own radio stations. I believe black people and white people can share the airwaves. Whoa. You are a madman. You're a madman. I know. I know. True man of equality over here. Uh, But in any event, finally, uh, a writer had been reaching out to me for a couple months at at a magazine. It's a well-known, it's it's one of the big three. So there's Out Magazine, Advocate, and Instinct Magazine. These are the sort of three gay magazines. And a guy had been reaching out to me for a couple months telling me that he's a He's a gay conservative. He's really the only one there. And, you know, he's he's seen the way the media treats me relative to sexuality. And he's been trying to figure out a way to maybe get a piece written about me. And, and over a couple months, I gained a little trust with the guy. I said, finally, I said, you know what? I'll do the piece. It's not really the direction I want to go. But I also know, and Glenn, you know this, people like to see another side of us, a little more personal sure. side sometimes instead, yeah. of, instead of just talking politics. So I said, okay, I'll do it. So I spent about an hour with him on Zoom a couple weeks ago. It, you know, we had nothing was off limits. I opened up about a lot of personal stuff that I, that I don't discuss that often publicly, if ever. And, and he wrote me back immediately after. He said, this is, this is the best chat that I've ever done with someone. He's worked there for about 10 years as a, as a staff writer. Long story short, the, the piece was to be published, uh, I believe, yesterday or the day before. And he was told by the publisher of the magazine that they were not going to do it because my opinions were too controversial and that the mob would come destroy them. Now, he did also make a point of saying that the publisher himself said that he didn't have a problem, but oh. it was that his own audience. Oh. Now, we can, we can debate that, but I, yeah, yeah, see, I can see why that part's yeah. Yeah. That he was, he's basically the publisher is now being held hostage 
by his mm. own audience. And I assure you, Glenn, I, I think you guys are going to publish the piece on the blaze a little bit later. Yeah. Well, you know, I think I'm we talking, are. I'm talking about the golden girls. I'm talking about, you know, you know, there's some personal stuff in there, but there's nothing <laughs> other than I'm not. Wait, I got to tell you, I, I have to tell you. I, I didn't know about the part of the Golden Girls in the article. I don't know if the Blaze can run it. Uh, the audience might <laughs> might turn against you, you know. Uh, Come on, Glenn. Come on. I know you love <laughs> B. Arthur. Come on. I actually do. B. Arthur is my Aunt Joanne. I mean, exactly. That is my Aunt Joanne. Uh, so, you know, it's uh, I just have to say it, you know, because Big Gay came after you, I guess. Big Gay magazine big gay came, came after you um you know it is uh it's not surprising but it's really it's really sad um because so many organizations and so many i mean and this happens on the right as well but it is in spades uh on the left people are afraid of their own audience they're afraid all they they worship money what's that saying to you is i won't print the truth because money is more important to me that's that's terrifying that's terrifying oh it's totally terrifying and also it shows you how weak this ideology is you know if you believe in ideology over truth then you'll pretty much do anything at any time. So, so here you have a publisher who I don't, I actually don't mean to disparage this guy. He's got a business and he doesn't want this out of control mob to destroy him. Now, now maybe he's in the wrong business and maybe he's not the greatest, most brave person on the planet, but I don't think the story is really about him. It's that we've allowed this, this terrible ideology to destroy almost everything. And in this case, you know, Imagine, imagine if there was a black magazine or let's say Ebony or something. I'm not sure if it still exists. And they would only publish black progressives. Now, I suspect that's probably pretty much. I was going to say, I don't, ha- I don't think we have to imagine that, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So then that tells you the point, right? Ebony is not writing a piece, a glowing piece about our good friend Larry Elder. Ebony is no. not going to write a wonderful uh, expose on the life of Thomas Sowell. Uh, but this is the problem, because if you are walking around, I mean, think Really think about it. Anyone listening to this, really think about it. If you are walking around and thinking that your skin color is your defining characteristic, your sexuality, everyone knows this, your gender, whatever it might be. If you think that is the thing that says, oh, now I have that, so I must believe a certain set of things because of that, you're, you're not a free human being. You're, no. you're actually a slave. And I'll, I'll just tell you one other thing on this quick, which is that Peter Thiel, who, of course, is the PayPal co-founder and, and billionaire you know, founder of Palantir and a million other companies, he happens to be gay. We're good friends. Oh, my and gosh. Would stop outing these I people. I, what? <laughs> Peter Thiel is gay? I know. I'm on a rampage. <laughs> I had two cups of coffee. I'm <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, my world's upside down. A couple, couple years ago, advocate, it was either Advocate or Out, one of the two, wrote a piece that Peter Thiel is not gay, that Peter Thiel, uh, although he has, he's married to a man and, and you know, is, is with a man, that because of his conservative libertarian ideology, he's not actually what gay is. So do you see what they've done here? Yeah. They've actually created a situation where they've separated human beings based on ideology having nothing to do with who they truly well, are. The people who run around telling you that who you are is the most important thing. I will tell you, this is what Stalin did. This is what Hitler did. This is what every dictator yeah. does. They make everything about politics. You, you yeah. can't, you can't 
play basketball unless you fall in line. Everything is about politics, and I think it's grating on the American people. I, I finally think that they've oh, become so arrogant that they don't care. I mean, they, they have said exactly who they are, what they're doing. People are seeing it now. You don't just have boobs like me saying it's coming. They're seeing it now, and I really think that uh, it, it's a race to the finish line here. I don't know which one's going to win because they're way ahead, but I will tell you, I, don't, I think there is a good portion of this country now that includes many Democrats and independents that will not play ball with this. They just won't. Well, I think I think you're right. And, you know, the proof of that is just in some of the polls we're seeing out of Virginia the last couple of days, because Youngkin now has something like an eight point lead because McAuliffe has brought out Biden to tell everybody that Youngkin's racist. And they're, you know, doing all the nonsense with critical race theory in the classes. And, and Eric Swalwell, who's, you know, in bed with the Chinese spy that we all know about, Democrat, he, he's tweeting out that Youngkin there's a specific word that Duncan would like to use about black people that he's just not saying. I mean, it, pe- this thing has run its course. So the, the positive part, and I know you interviewed uh, my friend, Michael Malice a couple days ago, yeah. you know, Michael Malice often talks about this. Now he's an anarchist, but his point is that they're throwing everything they have at us right now. And think about who our sort of ideological opponents are. They're Joe Biden, who obviously is cognitively not there. It's Nancy Pelosi, who's sort of not right either. It's AOC, who's just ridiculous. It's actually not the best of the best. Now, they seem like they have incredible power, right, because of big tech and media and everything else. It seems like they're controlling everything. But this is sort of the best they got. And and I like... You know, I don't like to play the side thing, but it's like, I like what our side has. We have the right ideas and we have better people and they yeah. pushed us far enough when they're telling you <laughs> that we're going to take your children to school. You have no right to say what they are going to be educated about. And we're going to be, we're going to inject them with something as young as five years old, even though on the, I'm sure you saw it yeah. on the FDA board out of the 17 people, they voted 17-0 to do it for five to 11 year olds. And one of the doctors said we won't know what happens until we inject the kids. I yeah. mean, if, if, if you it's won't defend your children in the face of this, then what, what are you? Yeah, I will, I will tell you. I think they have uh, gone too far, uh, and uh, I think people are, are standing up, and it is a really, really good thing uh, for yeah. America. But they are way ahead, and we have to stand together proud to stand with you uh dave uh, really i i really appreciate our friendship uh and uh, love working Likewise, with you fine. thank you man same here same all the here. best good, Bye-bye. Good talking to you. that uh story is going to be up at uh, theblaze.com if it's not already somewhere out there in the dreaded deep of dark mail room anywhere in america lost in the heap of i'm this i don't feel this music i I need something better than that. I don't, I'm just not feeling it. I'm a method actor. Okay. Somewhere out there in the dreaded deep of a dark mailroom in anywhere America, lost in the heap of every career mailman's long-term winding sheet of doom, there is an envelope waiting for arrival at a particular house. The postage, prepaid, neatly printed across the front by mindless droning arm of some twisted robot. Oh, it looks serene. Yet, 
Inside this envelope is a number printed on a piece of paper that is likely to induce a heart attack in the person whom it is a tent. This is really not where it's a phone bill. Okay, this, can we, yeah, uh, I don't think that one worked. Uh, <laughs> we're going out on that one. Gosh. Well, let me just say this. It's Halloween, and uh, Verizon, hit the music again. And Verizon is sending money to kill babies. Unfortunately, that part is true. So change to PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. As Dave and I were just saying a minute ago, we all have to stand together. We have to support each other. 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with the offer code Beck. They always have special discounts for veterans and first responders and multi-line accounts. Support a company that supports your values and is working with you. It's PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Same great coverage. Half the cost. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. The Glenn Beck Program. Well, it's been a great week. Uh, In case you missed this, CBS is reporting that the State Department on Wednesday uh, issued its first passport with an ex-gender designation. So finally, this person, this is the perfect person to go in to uh, Afghanistan because he can go in and hang with the women and find out uh, as a she and then he can also go outside and do all of his shopping or work or whatever he needs to do mm. as a guy. I think the Taliban will honor his gender I designation. Think so. I think so. I think so. It's going to work well in a lot of yeah. countries around the world. So it's uh, his name is, uh, or its name is Zim, Z-Z-Y-Y-M, Zim. That's his, his birth name, correct? Oh, of course it is. Okay, good. Of course it is. I just wanted to make sure he wasn't changing his name to meet his identity. Or her identity. How or her. It. Darn it. It's identity. I really tried it's on that. It's identity. My <laughs> gosh. It's fascinating to listen to Dave Rubin talk about his experience with the one of the big three gay magazines and how they would not uh, put his profile in because it was flattering. And he, I guess, associates with too many conservatives. And you really realize that identity politics is not about identity. No. It really isn't. About politics. They, like, it's not out magazine or whatever magazine this was. I don't know which one it was. But whatever magazine this is is not trying to promote gay people. It's just trying to promote left-wing people and using the gay identity to As do the so. wedge. Right. Well, we, we've known that with Clarence Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about making sure that we have, you know, balance of color and diversity. Okay, Clarence Thomas. But you don't like his politics. You don't like the way he thinks. You don't like the way he thinks. And you're saying that, no, it's all about being black. Well, wait, what? It's not all about being black or being gay. You can think differently. Black people, gay people, white people don't all think alike. And their idea is if you are gay, you can't think this way. And if you think this way, you are not gay. You know, I remember years and years ago, uh, the PETA, the Animal Mm -hmm. Rights Organization, Mm -hmm. uh, did a big thing about about al gore and why isn't al gore a vegan considering 
you know, UN says that, you know, eating meat products is one mm-hmm. of the worst things you can do for the climate. Mm-hmm. Why isn't he a vegan? And they called him out. And I thought to myself, like, that, like that's an actual, at least in that moment, an advocacy group that is advocating for whatever thing they believe. They're consistent. But they're, they will attack Republicans right. or Democrats, and they don't care. And that's, and that's why there is no credibility anywhere anymore. Yeah. Because if you really believe that the, that the COVID virus is the most dangerous thing in the world, and you believe everyone has to be vaccinated for it, well, then uh, you vaccinate the people who are coming over the border before you release right. them right. 400,000 people strong into our cities. But you don't. And it's that kind of stuff. People like people who are authentic, even if you disagree with them. I'd much rather talk to somebody I disagree with who actually believes it and is consistent. This is the Glenn Beck Program.